We're returning to the office. As much as we do this job over the phone, there's no substitute for being up in a client's face. And looking back on some laughs. She literally had me, Shawnee, Tammy, and Malaysia like damn near about to pee in ourselves. I'm Jared Hall from Entertainment Weekly, and here's what to watch on Monday, August 1st. We are counting down today's top three must-see picks from TV and movies. But first, your entertainment headlines. Nichelle Nichols, who broke a major race barrier as the star of the 1960s sci-fi series Star Trek, has died. She was 89. Her son Kyle Johnson broke the news on her official Instagram account, writing, quote, I regret to inform you that a great light in the firmament no longer shines for us as it has for so many years. Last night, my mother, Nichelle Nichols, succumbed to natural causes and passed away. Her light, however, like the ancient galaxies now being seen for the first time, will remain for us and future generations to enjoy, learn from, and draw inspiration. In 1959, Nichols made her big screen debut after landing a role as a dancer in Sammy Davis Jr.'s Porgy and Bess. She went on to act in other films and TV series, including making a guest appearance in Gene Roddenberry's show The Lieutenant in 1964. However, Nichols' breakout role came when Roddenberry cast the actress as Lieutenant Uhura on the original Star Trek series. When the show first aired in 1966, Nichols was one of the first black women to play a major role on primetime television. She is popularly cited as having the first interracial kiss on American television when her character famously locked lips with white leading man William Shatner's Captain James T. Kirk. During her acting career, Nichols starred in six Star Trek movies from 1979 to 1991. Some of her most recent work included the 2002 Disney picture Snow Dogs, in which she played Cuba Gooding Jr.'s mother. In 2005, she acted alongside Ice Cube as Miss Mabel in the comedy Are We There Yet? And in 2007, she had a recurring role on the NBC series Heroes as Nana Dawson. Nichols appeared in the long-running daytime soap opera The Young and the Restless as recently as 2016. In other news, and there is a lot of it today, Sylvester Stallone is speaking out against the new Rocky spinoff Drago, calling producers who have, quote, exploited the franchise he created Parasites. The actor expressed his outrage in an Instagram post on Saturday, sharing a news article about the upcoming film and condemning those behind the production. While he did not address anyone by name, his reference to a, quote, 94-year-old producer implies he is directing his comments at the producer of the series, Erwin Winkler. Though actually 91, he has come under fire from the Oscar-winning actor on several occasions. Stallone also appears to reference his children, producers Charles and David Winkler, writing, quote, another heartbreaker just found this out. Once again, this pathetic 94-year-old producer and his moronic, useless vulture children, Charles and David, are once again picking clean the bones of another wonderful character I created without even telling me. He added, I apologize to the fans. I never wanted Rocky characters to be exploited by these parasites. Stallone has been vocal about his wish to overtake control of the franchise in the past. Earlier this month, he shared a post in which he called on Winkler to give him what was left of the rights. Taron Egerton confirms he was in the running to play Han Solo. On the podcast Happy, Sad, Confused, the Rocketman star told host Josh Horowitz that he actually took himself out of the running, explaining, quote, I'll be honest, I got on the Falcon. I was with Chewie. I was in the full costume. I felt like I got there. I did it. I lived it. 
But Egerton says his gut told him that stepping in Harrison Ford's shoes wasn't the right move for him. So he stepped away from the next round of auditions. He told Horowitz, quote, when I read the Kingsman script and I was like, this is I've got to do this. This is my part. I just didn't feel it with Han Solo. In the end, the role in Solo, a Star Wars story, went to Alden Ehrenreich and the 2018 film failed to launch with audiences. In an interview with Vanity Fair, brothers Joe and Anthony Russo, who directed the last two Avengers movies, revealed that Jon Favreau, who directed Iron Man and starred in the MCU as Harold Happy Hogan, pleaded with them not to kill off Iron Man in Avengers Endgame. When discussing Iron Man's death, Anthony said, Part of the pressure came from Jon Favreau, who called us up after he read the script and said to us, Are you really going to kill Iron Man? Joe added, I remember pacing on the corner of a stage on the phone with Favreau trying to talk him off a ledge because he's like, you can't do this. It's going to devastate people and you don't want them, you know, walking out of the theater and into traffic. We did it anyways. The Batfleck returns. Ben Affleck is set to suit up as the Cape Crusader once again for Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom. Jason Momoa, who plays the half-human, half-Atlantean superhero, teased the news in an Instagram post on Thursday. His comments were a response to fans on a Warner Brothers bus tour who discovered Affleck's Batman was on the set of the DC sequel. Momoa shared images of himself with the Oscar winner, seemingly confirming Affleck's involvement, writing, quote, Well, it's not a f***ing secret anymore, is it? That's what happens, Warner Bros, when you walk out of your set and there's our fans. Well, we tried to keep it a secret. Affleck announced his retirement from the role in 2019 and previously discussed the toll portraying the character took on him. Yet in a surprising twist, the actor was confirmed to appear as Bruce Wayne in next year's The Flash. That movie will also feature Michael Keaton as the iconic crime fighter, whom he portrayed in 1989's Batman and 1992's Batman Returns. Representatives for Affleck and the film did not immediately respond to EW's request for comment. Will Smith has released an emotional new video answering several long-standing questions about his decision to slap Chris Rock on stage at the 2022 Oscars. The five-minute clip begins with the title card, noting that Smith has done a lot of thinking and personal work over the past three months after he approached Rock during the live Academy Awards telecast in March and hit him in the face after the comedian made a joke about his wife Jada Pinkett Smith, who has alopecia. In part of the video, Smith responds to a question about why he did not explicitly apologize to Rock in his Best Actor acceptance speech later that night. Here is Smith's response to that. I was fogged out by that point. It's, 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 it's all fuzzy. I've reached out to Chris, um, and the, mes- the message that came back is that uh, he's not ready to talk, and when he is, he will reach out. Um, so I will, I will say to you, um, Chris, I apologize to you. Uh, my behavior was unacceptable and I'm here whenever you're ready to talk. Um, I, I want to apologize to Chris's mother. I saw an interview that Chris's mother did. And, you know, that was one of the things about that moment. I just didn't realize and, you know, I wasn't thinking, but how many people got hurt in that moment. So I want to apologize to Chris's mother. I want to apologize to uh, Chris's family. 
uh, specifically Tony Rock. You know, we had a great relationship. You know, Tony Rock was my man. Um, and uh, this, this, is, this is probably irreparable. You can watch Smith's full video at EW.com. The unofficial Bridgerton musical has gone a Bridgerton too far for Netflix. The streamer is now suing its creators for blatant infringement. Songwriters Abigail Barlow and Emily Bear, who won the 2022 Grammy Award for Best Musical Theater Album for their musical interpretation of the steamy Netflix hit, are named in the suit filed Friday in Washington, D.C. federal court. A statement by Netflix to EW reads, quote, Netflix supports fan generation content, but Barlow and Bear have taken this many steps further, seeking to create multiple revenue streams for themselves without formal permission to utilize the Bridgerton IP. We've tried hard to work with Barlow and Bear, and they have refused to cooperate. The creators, cast, writers, and crew have poured their hearts and souls into Bridgerton, and we're taking action to protect their rights. On Tuesday, Barlow and Bear sold out DC's Kennedy Center for a one-night performance of the musical that started as a viral TikTok hit with tickets selling for up to $149. The lawsuit points to the Kennedy Center performance in particular, stating that, quote, over Netflix's repeated objections, Barlow and Bear staged a massive for-profit stage show featuring over a dozen songs that copied verbatim dialogue, character traits and expression, and other elements from Bridgerton the series. The suit further claims that Barlow and Bear misrepresented to the audience that they had permission to use Netflix's Bridgerton trademark despite the streamer's objections. Representatives for Barlow and Bear did not immediately respond to EW's request for comment. And HBO Max has said adios to 1980s set Latinx comedy Gordita Chronicles after just one season. In a statement to EW, the streamer said, quote, live action kids and family programming will not be part of our programming focus in the immediate future. And as a result, we've had to make the very difficult decision to end Gordita Chronicles at HBO Max. The series, which includes Eva Longoria and Zoe Saldana among its executive producers, debuted to critical praise in June. For more on all of these stories, plus other news, reviews, interviews, and more, head on over to EW.com. All right, let's get to our picks today, starting, of course, with number three, the season 10 finale of VH1's Basketball Wives. From the Christie wedding to Malaysia and Brandy finally speaking to that single ladies night and more, this season has been as full of drama as an arena during the NBA finals. As we prepare for the finale, let's take a listen back at some of the ladies' favorite moments from the show. We start with Jennifer looking back on a memorable event from season three. My favorite memory from Basketball Wise would have to be my divorce party. I had such an amazing time. I was celebrating my independence. And I think all the ladies that attended had a ball. Next up is Brooke, who finally recalls a special trip to Louisiana in season two. My favorite highlight from the last time that I was on Basketball Wives was the trip that we took to New Orleans to go and help to rebuild homes. When you hear about New Orleans and what happened there and the devastation from Hurricane Katrina, you really want to do something. I think it's really important for us to go and just give back. You know, we get to show the glamour, the, you know, shopping, designer clothes and all this stuff. But I think that all of us have the part of us that love to help our communities, love to give back. And some Sometimes that gets a little overshadowed by, you know, being a basketball wife. 
And here's Brandy bringing up a hilarious moment from season four. My fondest moments of basketball wise is when we went to Puerto Rico and Jackie was drinking this drink. Jackie was like on one. She literally had me, Shawnee, Tammy, and Malaysia like damn near about to pee in ourselves. You gotta write that down. Coco Lopez and Cuba de Why are you guys doing that to me? Why? I'm trying. That's not right. And she started crying because she thought we were like laughing at her. Oh my god, you made think somebody is laughing at her but the thing is she's a comedian i mean she's just a natural she's hilarious i apologize miss jackie marie christie for making you cry well cheers to more memorable moments to come in tonight's finale airing on vh1 at eight o'clock We are heading to Roswell, New Mexico for our number two pick today to catch up on the CW series final season. In tonight's episode, Liz is confronted with an unsettling revelation as she returns to fringe science with a new mentor. Maria will get some answers on those messages she's been receiving, and Max and Michael find themselves at odds over an explosive secret. Here is a tease of what's about to go down with this clip from tonight's episode. I was worried about you, about us. It's never a good sign when Liz Roteco crosses state lines. I wasn't running away. I just... I needed some time to clear my head. Did you find what you were looking for? Hitched a ride with Shivani on her private plane to New York, where Rosa put into perspective my recent penchant for alien-themed gastronomy and blue book pop quizzes. Turns out, in leaning hard away from the science, I was denying my authentic self. Shivani and I, we've got a promising theory on how to disable Bonnie's virus. Well, uh, just be careful out there. We have a bit of a situation. I mean, Tesco's behind alien bars, but Clyde's in the wind, and no one has heard from Dallas or Bonnie since yesterday. What? No, 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 we'll find them. Michael and I are meeting up to search right now. Alex is missing, too. And now, like some alien medium, Maria's been getting messages from him? Right, well, I gotta tell Michael... No, wait, wait, wait. Uh, Mikey runs hot news like this that's gonna tear him apart especially when we have no information i think we should give maria some time to figure this out you really think secrecy is the best plan i don't know i just i'm close to a cure for michael and that'll help even the odds against these aliens who probably know where our friends are which is why i think you should take my cure and get your powers back and considering we are willfully low on aliens to fight aliens i I think that would help us. Why can't you just accept that I am perfectly capable of helping without ability? Because that is a huge gamble, and it's selfish. Not only are you denying your powers, but you're also denying who you are. Well, look, I'm glad you found your path, and I support you on that. This is how I go about mine. Well, then we're right where we were yesterday. Hmm, sounds like Liz might have something to do with that little secret. Find out how that pans out in tonight's episode of Roswell, New Mexico at 8 o'clock on The CW. It's trivia time. Which star of the OG Roswell has not appeared on Roswell, New Mexico? Jason Bear, Emily DeRaven, or Sherry Appleby? Stick around for the answer and our number one pick. What to Watch will be right back. 
Hey everyone, I'm Sid Evans, Editor-in-Chief of Southern Living and host of Biscuits and Jam. Since 2020, I've been interviewing musicians, chefs, authors, and other Southern icons about their family traditions, their faith, their favorite meals, and of course, what it means to be Southern. And I'm excited to announce Season 5 of our award-winning podcast. Join me every Tuesday for new conversations with some of the most interesting and influential Southerners around. Be sure to follow Biscuits and Jam wherever you get your podcasts. You can also find us online at southernliving.com slash biscuits and jam. Welcome back to EW's What to Watch. This week in entertainment history, more than one million people crowded into and around Central Park for what became known as Girthstock 25 years ago this week on August 7th, 1997. Tickets were free to Garth Brooks's New York show, which was recorded for his HBO concert special, Garth, live from Central Park. The special had 14.6 million viewers and received six Emmy nominations, including Outstanding Variety, Music, or Comedy special. It's time to return to the office because industry is back and it is our number one pick. Season two picks up on the day Harper Stern returns to the trading floor after a year of working at a hotel in isolation during the pandemic. The HBO workplace drama set at financial firm Pierpoint explores the highs and lows of working at a bank. And this season, the show will go beyond the trading floor to explore other areas of the business and even outside the bank. Here's a clip that shows Harper isn't exactly having the easiest transition back to the office. As much as we do this job over the phone, there's no substitute for being up in a client's face, up in a trader's face, seeing the whites of their eyes. The bit that makes sense about this job is living it. So you can go back to the hotel, opt out of life, or be the Harper I know, the Harper who bangs on doors. Man, why are you preaching to me like this? I think a lot of us can relate to that in certain ways. Well, Industry Season 2 is introducing a slew of new characters. Jay Duplass is playing billionaire Jesse Bloom, and Alex Alomar Akpabome has joined as New York transplant Daniel Van Deventer. Both will impact Harper's life. As for Yasmin, well, Celeste will present her with some new professional opportunities at the bank, and her father will re-enter the picture. Here is star Marissa Abella, who plays Yasmin, on how this season is different from season one. The biggest difference for me is that it's not so much about these kind of four nuclear characters interacting with each other. It's more about um, you just sort of learn a bit more about who they are as individuals. You meet their families, their friends, um, how they interact with other people, which is um, a nice way of getting to know them in a different way. Of course, they come back to each other always. That's kind of that always has to be the through line of the show and how they sort of when they meet and when they collide, uh, whether that's positive or negative. Um, but yeah, the main difference for me was just that my main interactions this season were not with Mahala or Harry playing Harper and Robert. Well, get ready for another season of anxiety-inducing drama when Industry Season 2 premieres on HBO at 9 o'clock. Trivia. 
And finally today, the answer to our trivia question. Which star of the OG Roswell has not appeared on Roswell, New Mexico? Jason Bear, Emily Draven, or Sherry Appleby? Well, you'll be the belle of the ball if you got this right. It's Emily Draven, who also played Belle on ABC's Once Upon a Time. Maybe you got that little hint there. Anyway, Appleby, who played Liz Parker on the original series, showed up in the final minutes of the season three finale playing a character named Annie. And Appleby has also directed two episodes of the series. And Bear, who played Max Evans, was Trip Mains in five season two episodes. That is our show for today. We will have more news and must-see picks for you tomorrow, so be sure to follow or subscribe to What to Watch so you don't miss our daily recommendations, more of which can be found at EW.com. I'm Executive Editor Jared Hall. You can find us on Twitter at EW and at Jared Hall. Thanks for listening and have a great day. This episode of What to Watch was written by Alaman Johannes, written and produced by Ashley Boucher, edited by Lauren Klein, hosted and produced by Jared Hall, and executive produced by Chanel Johnson. What to Watch.